0: From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope this episode finds you doing well. We've made it to spring, or at least we've finally seen some temperatures that feel like spring. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a major bookworm, so this time of year you can find me on my back patio, kicked back, book in hand. It is my happy place. As much as I love reading, I also love learning about authors and how they got their start, where their inspiration comes from, and how they finally found the courage to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard to make their stories come to life. This month on Uniquely Kentucky, I'm talking with Corey Stringer. I first introduced you to Corey and his dog Blue in Lexington back in 2018 for a story on WKYT. Blue has an amazing story of survival, and the second chance at life she was given will melt your heart. Blue is now the star in a series of children's books written by Corey and written in a cartoon type style. Blue's zany antics and fun nature are captured within the pages. Blue is a beautiful black lab mix with the most perfect Kentucky blue eyes. And while she can't be a guest on the podcast, well, we let her human stand in to tell her
1: story. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpot is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather Apps. Available on the App Store and Google Play.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into Uniquely Kentucky. I am joined this month by Lexington. Children's book author Corey Stringer. Uh, however, the real star of this podcast are going to be two four-legged friends, Blue and Roo. But Corey, you're used to that,
1: right? Yeah, I'm just the labor. They're the the brains behind the behind the order.
0: Welcome, buddy. How are you?
1: Oh man, I am just so tired right now. But I, I am uh, I'm, I'm doing everyone out there in podcast land. I'm usually asleep at this time. We're recording this in the morning. And Amber's just all nice and chipper. And I I I'm wearing from the waist up regular clothing. <laughs> but I assure you from the waist below, I am not wearing regular clothing. I am uh I'll be going to take a little nap when we're done with this, but I wouldn't miss this for the world. We are so happy to be here. And uh I'll, I want to ask you a question real quick. So I don't know how many episodes you've done. I think this is like 70, something like that. <laughs> it feels whenever like you, it, I don't know. <laughs> whenever you open your show you ever have a little urge to just like go full on Robin Williams, good morning, Vietnam? Do you ever do that? Do, <laughs> no, I but that
0: is- I do notice, I I can appreciate that, but I do notice that every time I open with the same thing and I'm like, and I, I have this urge to go, hello, podcast listeners, but you I haven't totally gone full Robin Williams. So but here's the
1: thing: you can't do it with me because, you know, I'm like you know, a, a lunatic. You, you need to do it with like someone that you have on that's, like really, uh, you know like fancy like you know if you have like Dame super Judy, serious yes like Dame Judy Jensen like Andy bashir <laughs> comes on the show and you're just like good morning Kentucky and you just go nuts and see what he does well and
0: so far sad. I've had no one serious on this show so see well,
1: you know well, I, so I can be very serious if you'd like I can I'll just be super serious
0: so we are both wearing our official blue <laughs> and roux gear um, well,
1: we did not plan this either
0: People are probably listening to this and we're like, I I have no idea what you're talking about. So let's at least first tell people, um, I, I said, you're a children's book author and you are, um, you've got several out now and they're all based around your dog blue and then came in a friend, Rue. So let's go back, Corey. Um, how I first met you, um, you had rescued a dog, um, blue, um, -hmm. I did a story in 2018. Um,
1: oh, wow, yeah, 20, it's been a while. Yeah.
0: yeah, but but the cool thing about Blue, before we ever get into the books, Blue had such a story to tell, and I loved it because when we did the the story on WKYT, we were able to make a graphic headline for it, and it was Dog with Tale of Survival Living a Storybook Life. And if that oh, ever fits someone or a, or a story that we did, it was Blue. So Blue was actually rescued out of a... Fire
1: that happened at the animal shelter, right in Knox uh, County. The Knox, the Knox Whitley Animal Shelter mm-hmm. fire. And uh, I had actually heard that it was intentionally set, but someone got a hold of me uh, last year, actually on Facebook, and told me that it wasn't intentionally set. Mm-hmm. That it was, like, I think, faulty wiring or something yeah. like that. So that's good. I mean, I can't imagine why anyone would intentionally set fire to an animal shelter. So yeah. that makes me about the human species but yeah blue um most of her um i'm pretty sure her mom uh perished in the fire unfortunately she was very very young only a few days old and we actually saw her we were we were were watching you know you guys the became news and y'all were covering this fire and they showed this little bitty dog with blue eyes and we were like oh that's a really cute dog having no idea you know that weeks later the dog would just turn my life upside down And, uh, we, my wife told me, she, uh, said, you know, let's get a dog and she runs the house. I just work here. So I said, okay. And so we went to the animal shelter because, you know, want to get a dog, you gotta, you gotta rescue one. That's my opinion on it anyway. So we go there and of course all the dogs, you know, they're, they're really excited to see us. And she's looking at this, uh, dog. It's name was, uh, uh, Basil, I think was the name. Basil. Yeah. Basil. And it was a uh, German Shepherd Rottweiler mix, if I remember correctly. And it was just like all about Emily. And uh, I was kind of wandering off on my own and I see in this uh, little bitty crate, there were uh, two black dogs and one of the black dogs was literally sitting on the head of the other one. And the one that was being sat on was blue. And. (laughs) So the dog opens up one eye and looks at me and I see this blue eye and Mm. it's just striking this little black dog, you know, blue, blue eye. And, uh, I was like, Oh, you are just melting my heart. So, and then blue kind of like gets up from underneath, uh, what turns out to be her sister was sitting on her. She comes over. She like gives me a little, little lick right through the crate. And I was like, well, that's it. You're coming home with me. And they wouldn't let us take her because Mm -hmm. she had just got spayed. Yeah. So we had to wait and the next day we 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 just rushed right over there first thing in the morning to get her and PetSmart had come and taken her before they even opened so we had to rush all the way back across town to the other side to get to PetSmart and we get there and you know, and they're having like their uh, weekly adoption thing and um everyone's gathered around the the craze picking up the dogs and I'm frantically trying to find who I'd already named Blue oh um, <laughs> and uh I see one dog off by itself asleep, and so I just walk her go to it, and I, f- I flick the crate just a little bit, and that one blue eye opens up, and I, and I, was, I was like, mine, yank, and I just joint yank it up, and everyone sees the dog, and they're all like, oh my god, I want that dog, and I'm like, no, it's mine, go away, so we just go off and bond, and Blue was sweet and innocent for like maybe the first half hour that we had her, and then she just went psychotic. And it's been eight years of just nonstop blue madness since then.
0: So blue is this beautiful. She's a black lab. Is
1: she a husky mix? She's a lab. We actually had the doggy DNA thing done. So is blue is uh, a Weimaraner terrier mixed with a uh, a, a cattle dog, um, a Staffordshire terrier, black lab, husky. Uh, different kinds of flubber because she's fat I mean it's just so many different kinds of dogs so
0: I think what I loved about Blue when I met you guys and I came over to the house for the story is is that she was just totally unaffected like like you say that she loves to watch television and by goodness if that dog didn't get in her chair and literally be (laughs) like yeah okay shoot some video of me like here's what I do
1: you guys came during the time when blue is usually asleep blue like her daddy is a night owl so if y'all had for some reason been there to shoot at like around 10 o'clock at night you would have seen the full blue experience where she will if if you could see all the toys that are on the floor right now i mean we have a pretty big living room and i'd say at least a third of it is just covered in uh art box toys and All these toys are not out on the floor. This dog will walk over to one of her baskets that we keep the toys in, and will start getting the toys out and put them back on the floor. So she goes nuts every night. Every night. She acts like a puppy, and it's just a shame you all missed that. You all got to see the chill blue that everyone else gets to see. I get the real blue, (laughs) (laughs) which is what uh, prompted me to start writing the books. I was like, this dog is a lunatic, and... I barely have to tweak the things I put in the books. It's just, I make them sillier. That's all I do.
0: So it's funny because she she literally likes to watch. Well, first of all, I should say you are sort of a movie, TV, just nerd. And I use that lovingly because I'm a nerd in so many ways. So it's fitting that your dog loves some of the same things like Scooby-Doo on TV. He loves
1: Scooby-Doo. Yes, he does um if a dog on a commercial comes up of course that just irritates her to no end and she has to let everyone in the world know there's a dog on tv um but she does watch scooby-doo she i swear i wasn't kidding when i said she watches. it when you when we have you guys on she she recognizes you she recognizes your voice and she'll be watching and waiting i think she's actually waiting for animals to show up so whenever you guys say like Coming up next, we have, you know, an animal who needs adoption. I'm like, oh, gotta change channel, or I'll I'll just mute it. So, and Blue knows when I mute it for the commercials, that's when she really starts looking at the camera. Oh, I love it. Be like, oh, there's gonna be a dog coming up here and I'm gonna get it. But this, she is just such a handful. And uh, if I hadn't already been shaving my head before I got her, I probably would have lost my hair just from trying to keep her from eating everything she sees. Well, I was going to
0: say, labs are no joke. I had a lab growing up. She was the best dog, but she literally ate everything in sight. Well, she so you know. loved yeah. ten, or she loved golf balls and would literally chew them down until you got to the all of the insides. There would be yep. nothing of the insides left. So I understand a mm-hmm. lab and the chewing on everything.
1: Dude, you know what we did literally, well, in my brain, because I haven't been asleep yet tonight, but last night for normal humans, so every night we go for walks. So if anyone, I can't say the street because I don't want it to be out in public, but you know where I live. Mm-hmm. So we're up, up up and down the streets all night long, whenever she wants to go for a walk. So people just see us out there. I'm the crazy bald guy with the big fat black dog. There are some geese who have uh, taken up residence right across the street. And uh, I didn't, you wouldn't think they'd want to live and literally in a parking lot, not in a tree, just like on in like a median. I mean, mm-hmm. these geese are sitting on eggs man and blue knows this and for the past three nights in a row this dog has taken me over there to these geese and the geese are not happy with us and they are i mean i've never seen a geese a a goose literally call out like the raptors in jurassic park for help from other geese but the, the mama goose will jump up off the off the eggs and flapper wings and this dog this they're bigger than blue and it's calling for geese and all the other geese come and they're like yelling at us and stuff and i got hissed at by a bird last night i didn't know birds hissed but this thing hissed at me and blue i'm telling you she couldn't care less this dog is nuts it keeps me on my toes
0: you guys are going to end up being in a news story, and one night when I hear it come across the scanner that a guy and his dog are being attacked by a bunch of geese, five and five I'm going to go, well, I there know who that so is. You things. know, funny that you should say that Blue recognizes my voice. My claim to fame is that I legit had a mother bring her little one to me one time at the mall when we were ringing the Salvation Army Bell at Christmas to say that she turns on the television when I'm on and the baby would stop crying. So oh. I've got that going for me, and that blue recognizes <laughs> my voice, so I mean, I think I've made it. I mean, that's pretty awesome.
1: Blue is literally about ten feet away from me right now, sleeping on her bed, <laughs> and her bedspread is a blue and rue blanket because she is a shameless plug, man. That's all she does. <laughs> plug her stuff. As Let's I talk will.
0: about the books. Let's talk about the books. How in the world um, did you come up with the idea to do? So let's see. um, I've got three of them here. I'm not sure that these are in the. Okay. So the first one was Night Night Blue.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. I have Merry
0: Christmas Blue. And then this is your latest Go Big Blue, right? But there are several in between. How do we even come up with the idea to to make a fun adventure and this book? Um, And how would you describe them to people?
1: Well, the first two books, as I'm sure you've uh, noticed, are very different from what the books are now. Um, The first two books in the series uh, are very gentle humor, uh, primarily written for kids who are just learning to read. I'm talking like preschool to kindergarten ages. They're still very funny. And uh, when I set out to do it, I wanted to write a children's book that parents – because they're the ones who have to read the books a million times, right?
0: Right.
1: So I said, I'm going to write a book and illustrate a book that a parent can read over and over and over again with their kids and not want to just bash their heads against the wall, which means there's going to be jokes in the background for them to see to keep them engaged. So the slapstick is there for the, the young audiences and stuff but the the sweet spot of the book is there are always the jokes in the background you have to look at everything because mm-hmm. i've put so many jokes in them and then when i started working on uh the second book uh merry christmas blue that book i it was six I, I did it from start to finish in 16 days and mm-hmm. it was just a marathon i, I needed to get because the first book uh I didn't expect it to take off the way it did because it's, it's literally just me, man. I mean I, I turned down um, publishing companies who wanted to use their own in-house illustrators uh, and it's just a big complicated story uh, but the for, for long story short, they, they can do that so they can take more of the the money from the you know the profits and stuff and i didn't I've been doodling my whole life, you know, and I, I didn't teach myself to draw. On a level like that, to just have someone else come in and do it with like with it, with no heart, you know, someone has no connection to the story. So I said, no, I'm just gonna do this myself. And then the first book came out, and it it, it was doing really well for what it was, you know, independently released and just little on me. And then I was like, well, I people are sort of asking for a Christmas book, and it was November. <laughs> and I was, I'm going, oh my God, so. So I do it, and I get it done, and then you come in, and you swoop in, and when you put Blue Story on TV, along those first two books, man, that's what sent it through the roof for the character, and since then, it's been pedal to the metal, and it's been growing exponentially ever since then, and I remember being thrilled that we had 300 followers on the page, and we're closing on 12,000 right now.
0: Wow.
1: Over the past year, you know, the past year with the pandemic, the, compare that to the year prior to it, we had over 1,000% growth. And if we keep the pace we're on now, we're looking to double that for this year. Wow. It, it never ceases to amaze me that people literally all over the world read these books and mm-hmm. love and it's not just the books they love the videos that we make these stupid little silly videos of just our day-to-day life and uh they got so popular that Facebook started paying me for the videos and yeah, get you the face you just made that's the face I made when I, just, I said you're going to pay me for videos I was already making and just to post them and they're like yeah and I said okay <laughs> let's do that so and it, it, it seriously, I mean i I owe so much to you guys at oh. the like you especially, and if I hadn't been for you putting that out there, I don't think it would have gone as big as it did, so that's why we're so loyal to you guys, and oh. I just can't well, thank you that
0: means a lot to me because um because I get the opportunity to tell stories, but it's picking and choosing the stories, and yeah. I think a lot of times in my world, people will say, well you know, why do you kill yourself to do so many stories? And it and it's not like that for me. It's like when someone like you that I have no idea reaches out and and you see the value in this humanistic story of a dog and, and her owners, and you tell that story, you just don't know how that can change. And so I take so much pride in that because it's why I do what I do. I get the privilege of being on television every day, but it's really about it's telling work. stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: When I was in college, my uh, when I was at UK, uh, I went into broadcaster and listen for a semester. <laughs> and, they, and the funny thing is they told me, they uh, they I remember them saying, they said, uh, you're too big and muscular to be an anchorman. And uh, you have a shaved head. You'll scare people. That's literally what they told me. And I said, okay, well, I don't want to be the guy they send out to the murder down the street. <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm going to go another route. And so I, that's when I majored in history. But before i uh started doing the books uh i don't know if you googled me or anything before for our interview so i'm sure you, I'm sure you found out I did movies. I was an mm-hmm. actor so i and when I was a kid, my first memory was seeing e t in a movie theater and my my mom, i know you're listening, my mom says she was there. I have no memory of her being there, but you know I'm sure she was but I remember my dad being there. Mm-hmm that's my first memory so I've been obsessed with movies ever since then and that's I you can totally tell that in the books because they're very visual and what I literally storyboard them mm-hmm. like a movie so I just took my experience in the movies and and by the way when I say movies I mean some of the worst movies that have ever been made if you look me up on google you will see some truly terrible movies I love the people I made them with they're still my friends to this day but let's not kid ourselves. Santa Claus versus the Zombies in 3D is not going to win any Oscars anytime soon, all right?
0: Oh, I can't believe that wasn't a, a, a banner movie that year. I can't imagine oh, that that oh,
1: was. It was so good. We shot it in April, and you can tell. <laughs> can I tell you also
0: that in terms of, of you saying how thankful you are that we did this story, and that means the world to me, but also um, another moment that meant that I made it in the world was being able to, to have this right here (laughs) (laughs) I mean this stays in my office I've been into a character before but this
1: very Uh, good look how psychotic you look I've gotten much better at drawing you since then
0: (laughs) I mean it's just it's uh, a lot of teeth (laughs) a lot of teeth happening
1: yeah I know but look how big your mouth you're like the joker I'm so sorry oh you poor thing
0: (laughs) well it's still very special to me thank you I appreciate that so, Blue is in, in all of these books, and then all of a sudden pops up um, a sidekick, because, you know, every great cartoon needs a sidekick. So, where did Rue come from?
1: Well, Blue and Root are both rescue dogs, and uh, they were both under a year old when they became just best friends, inseparable. And uh, Melody, if you're listening, she's Rue's owner. We love you, and I'm so happy you're in our lives. I uh-huh. just... We, we call her my second wife so <laughs> she is with us all the time because of rue and uh she likes to say that we have joint custody of rue so he's here all the time with us and we just we love him to death and so their dynamic what i want the more time i spent with them and seeing them hang out together i noticed like these these two are like laurel and hardy they are like a full-on comedy team in dog form So I wanted to put Rue in the second book, Merry Christmas book. It was originally going to end with uh, Blue being surrounded by this mountain of presents, which is not an exaggeration of her real life. And so she's just going to be living it up, you know, living the big life. And she's going to see on the TV, you all uh, talking about, you know, these dogs that need, you know, adopting for the holidays. And she would see Rue. And Mm. so it was going to end with them going to adopt Rue. But I I was running out of time, man. I didn't have time to put that in the book. So I I just, I ended it the way I did. Mm -hmm. And then Rue was definitely going to be in book three. And when I started working on the third book, that's when the series started to change. Because as soon as I brought Rue into it, I knew I was onto something. And so it went from being like these, you know, still funny, but gentle children's books, Mm -hmm. rhyming, you know, and everything to gradually becoming more and more they're they're so insane and so they're basically they're looney tunes man and that's what that's what they became with the introduction of Rue and I'm not kidding when Rue came into the books they went to the roof all over the world more so than they were and oh, that's awesome they became a comedy team and there was no looking back and so I put Rue in the 4th the 5th mm-hmm. the 6th and and they have equal billing now so
0: what I what I love about the book is like when you, you it's almost like it's like a where's Waldo of of jokes because it's like you're looking the at the book. page there's always something else that you've got to be focused in on and so it's like truly like a where's Waldo of like trying to figure out what am I supposed to be looking at um uh, to get all the you jokes see so. Waldo,
1: I literally put Waldo in the new book did you find him
0: I maybe I haven't I didn't know that
1: Oh, you weren't paying attention? No. Uh, okay. Well, I, I did problem. notice
0: that there was a lot of Burt Reynolds. I I, I did <laughs> notice that a lot of Burt Reynolds shows up in this book, and I was like, I don't know what the infatuation is with Burt Reynolds, but there's clearly <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> I can't believe my wife didn't materialize in this room. I torment this poor woman with my Burt Reynolds obsession. I love Burt Reynolds. I think he is hilarious. I. There are two, count them, two Smokey and the Bandit posters in this room, and if I were to turn the camera slightly to my right, we have a wall of Burt, of classic Burt. Bless Bert your wife's posters. heart. And she is tormented. I always torment her with the movie Gator, and everywhere she goes, she sees little gators, and I'm so happy. I swear I'm not doing anything about it. She just sees it, and like the song East and Down haunts her. And I can imagine. Um, I, I, she exists for me to torment and is a miracle. She hasn't killed me in my sleep yet. It's just a matter of time, honestly. More
0: with Corey Stringer when we return.
1: Get more local news and weather at a more convenient time. Watch WKYT News at 10 on the CW Lexington with Amber Philpot, Bill Bryant, and Chris Bailey.
0: Corey, but- what I what I like to try to, you know, do with the podcast is obviously like, you know, tell people's story, but also, you know, give people an outlet. And there are a lot of people I think that look to other people that are creative like us to go well how did you do it how did you get there so you know how did you where did you find um sort of the courage to go out on your own and say I'm going to start this and then also keep it going once it did become successful I think a lot of people want to write and they have ideas they just don't know how to put it on paper and quite frankly they don't know how to get it into this form right here where it's tangible for people to purchase
1: well, as for me, uh, it was actually – you can actually blame my mother. Uh, she had been pestering me for two or three years. It was like you need to do a children's book because I had written uh, children's movies back in the day, and uh, she said you just do a, just do a book. You, know, you could take Blue, put her adventures in a book, and I, I resisted it for the longest time. Uh, I, was, I was like, no, I just want to focus on movies, blah, 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 even though they're terrible. I still wanted to focus on movies. And then uh, I remember I was reading Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> it was at Christmas time. And I said, I can do this. And so I, oh, oh, my God, I have that. That's the book. I'm not this is kidding. One of any. my
0: most prized possessions is my okay. Calvin and Hobbes book.
1: People out in podcast land, the book she's holding up right yeah. now is the Calvin Hobbes 10th anniversary collection. I'm yeah. not kidding. That is the book I was reading when I said I can do this. Being, I could already draw. not. Great at that time, so I just sat down and I started doing some rough sketches on a notebook paper of blue. And uh, I took things that have really happened and I just tweaked it a bit, Mm -hmm. made it silly. And uh, I started off drawing it all by hand on paper, as you remember. And then after I did it all by paper, I decided I want to do it digitally, so I went and got a digital art pad and I just practiced on it until I got good and my first digital drawing bleh, It is the worst thing you've ever seen oh my god one day maybe i'll put it in the book so people can laugh at me but it is awful right so you just have to keep working at it and working at it and working at it and it helps that i don't sleep so mm-hmm. i uh i'm a lifelong insomniac pretty much so i'm up all night and i'll, I'll just keep a, a, a drawing until i get it the look the way i want that's the perfectionist in me
0: mm-hmm
1: and my advice to anyone out there, and I'm sure you would say the same thing, is you have to be persistent, and you have to believe in yourself. If even if no one else does believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. And I've been so lucky to have so many people believe in me, even before the first book came out.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I have a f- phenomenal parents who have no problem having a daydreaming weirdo as a son, and my wife who lets me be the overgrown 12 year old that I am and all of my friends. So, uh, and if, if you don't have that in your life, you can always find it someone else somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, you know, there's groups you can join. Uh, just believe in yourself. Hell, reach out to me. I'll, I'll talk you through it too. I'll talk to Amber. She's fun to talk to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, just, just I would imagine too that with your books that it's also been able to shine a light on remembering that, um, that shelter dogs are dogs that, that we should be adopting and that there are a whole host. I mean, is that also something that's important to you is obviously reminding people that, that Blue came out of a shelter and a really horrific situation and now is, you know, the star of the family.
1: Oh yeah. Whenever I do interviews, uh, we've done international radio broadcasts, uh, Mm -hmm. anything you yeah, we've done it. I always tell where blue came from, and I always try to push you know adopt, don't shop I, mean, I don't i don't I don't look down on people who's like, oh we you know we had a you know purebred you know thing made for us, you know that you do you that's fine for me, I will always prefer to rescue and uh we got the two best rescue dogs on earth, and they are so lucky, and this dog is snoring, I don't know if it's picking up on the microphones, but she is snoring, Ugh. It's my life. I'm telling you, uh, I do nothing but work out, uh, play with these dogs, draw, think up uh, merch ideas and work on the website and uh, edit uh, the, the videos. It's 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 literally all I do from the moment I get up until the moment I finally pass out. It's all I do. That's it. I did, well, I Let's did, tell I people,
0: as we uh, as we wrap up, let's tell people it, it is important to me to give you the platform. So tell people, how do they find Blue and Roo books? How do they find the merch? How do they keep up um, with you guys to see what these crazy dogs are into next?
1: Easiest way to do it is uh, to go to their website, which is uh, www.blueandrue.com. That's B-L-O-O-A-N-D-R-O-O.com. So whenever I say blue and room, people type in, I typed in the color and it's not showing up. Big blue's name is B L O O, not mm-hmm. B L. So that's my fault. Uh she made a little she made a little sound. So that's why it's blue, not the color blue. Mm-hmm. Uh so go to their website, uh, they're all over social media. They are extremely popular on Facebook, which Boggles my mind, but they are so if you uh, just look them up, Blue and Rue on Facebook, Blue and Rue on Instagram, Blue and Rue on TikTok. We are getting ready to launch Blue Tube, their YouTube channel. Uh, because sleep is for weirdos, <laughs> just and it's again, overrated, it's totally <laughs> overrated. You know, I mean, I've seen you guys there late at night when there's totally. like a game or something. You guys are on, on at one in the morning, you guys are glassy. Yeah. And I've been, you know, the the, the newest book, Go Big Blue. Uh, the last day I was working on it, I worked until noon to finish the last illustration in the book, which was the hardest one to do because you know, all the characters are involved with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember uh, I was doing anything I could to keep myself awake. So I put on the morning show, which I, I'm never around to watch. Right? These these guys, I don't know if you ever watch it. They are mainlining coffee on the air. <laughs> I'm talking about Kristen Kennedy and uh, uh, the Victor. guy, uh, Victor, dude, yeah. they are mainlining. They're not even trying to hide it. They're like reading the news and just chugging coffee. It's hilarious. It's like, it's like I always think they should have like
0: an IV line of coffee, yes. just a, a complete <laughs> IV drip of coffee constantly. you still
1: wear your little, do you still wear fluff, fluffy slippers under the table when you do I it? do.
0: I actually have, I brought these home. These are the ones that I used to have at the station, but I have them on now. <laughs> so I have different ones at the station now. Heck well, yeah. We you never, well, you do see my shoes now. We changed so many shots. So now I do. So a lot of times at the set, I'll have um, either flats or slippers, and then I'll have my heels right beside it. So that if I have to get up and go over to the monitor wall, I just slip into the shoes and go up there and walk <laughs> across. So
1: yeah. Oh, man. You can be like Chris Bailey. I think Chris is wearing sneakers all the time, I think.
0: Oh, and was, yeah. Was, and he, he has a brand new um, graphics now um, where they're 3D. I and so. That he now is doing the shoe swap in the middle of the show as well. (laughs) So he's doing the same thing. So, yeah.
1: The night of the, the, all the big tornadoes and stuff. uh, I believe that was in December. It was Um, again, I was up all night working on this new book. And uh, so I put the TV on him to see what's going on. Right. And I was watching, I was there with him all night long Mm -hmm. working him and poor Jim, man. I mean, and they did not cut away the commercial, man. They went, all through the night and I was so so impressed that yeah. they went I actually saw what he found we'll just cut this part out of the podcast because it's depressing I was actually watching when he got the the news about all the yeah. you know the the loss of life and everything and it was it was heartbreaking to watch yeah. that so see him uh just tell him that I really appreciate what he did oh there. I'll
0: do it I'll do it well Corey what I want to say to you is thank you for reaching out to me in 2018 and sending me an email because the greatest part of my job is meeting friends like (laughs) you and your wife and blue through a simple email and then being able to be allowed into your home and tell your story. So I just want you to know, thank you. I don't take that lightly. It's very important to me. And so I just say, thank you to you.
1: Well, ditto right back at you, honey. I mean, you, like I said before, you guys, have been so good to us and if it hadn't oh. been for you, specifically you uh oh. and believing in blue story and everything and taking that to the world that we wouldn't be where we are now well i'm a
0: bookworm and i'm going to take that to heart with me that i'm a bookworm and i help that make that happen with those i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. own that there's not a lot of things i'll take ownership of but i will help take ownership of that way
1: did you see the the character you, you asked me to uh when i said when i asked if i could put you in a book I yeah it was and uh you said okay we're gonna make it like silly or something you know did you see what i turned you into oh yeah okay i'm gonna tell them tell the listeners now so amber wanted to not just be amber in the book she's like make me something silly And i said i was like okay i'll make something silly so i made her amber the philbot like a sentient news android (laughs) and so whenever you see amber in the books i don't i don't think she's in the new one uh which is weird. I'm really tired. Sorry. Um, no, she's not. She's not in the no. middle. Um sorry. Sorry about that. I'll put you in the next one. Oh uh, god. Whenever, whenever she whenever she pops up, it is Amber the Philbot. And so when we watch you on TV, we say, Oh, Philbot's on. It's not Amber, it's Philbot. So <laughs> Which is so
0: funny because I say one day that I'm probably gonna be replaced by a robot legit. Yes, so yes, if yes, that yes, ever comes yes, true. Yes, and I should tell people, like, I get nothing out of this. I want everyone to know that. Like, I may be in the books. I may have a character in there. I get nothing out of this. It it brings me pure joy to not be a part of any of this other than to be Phil Bots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if I, if I hadn't, yeah, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't had permission. That's not the absolutely thing. The Corey
0: books. Stringer. Thank you so much for being a part of Uniquely Kentucky listeners. Um, if you're out there, go check it out. You will, uh, you will love it. It is hilarious. It gets you out of the real world for a few moments if you dive into these books, both children and adults. So, Corey, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.